You know, it is hard to imagine a world without music. And it's even more difficult to imagine worshiping God without the joyful sounds of singing. One of the greatest composers of sacred music was a man named Johann Sebastian Bach, born into a family of musicians. By the age of 10, when his parents died, Bach had already become an accomplished musician, singing and playing several instruments. By the age of 17, having found his musical love and his calling, Bach accepted his first position as a church organist and choir director. Although the directing of the choir was a little strained, as the singers did not live up to Bach's high expectations and were not gifted enough to sing, in his opinion, the intricate compositions that he had composed for them. Now, Bach's next church was beset by similar issues. The priests actually came to him and asked him to compose pieces of music that were more simple and less ornate. These struggles just seemed to follow Bach throughout his life. Yet they did not deter his ambition to use his musical gifts and abilities to glorify God. Now while Bach was known throughout Europe for his skills on the organ, he was not in his lifetime respected for the compositions that he wrote. In fact, after his death, Bach's music fell into obscurity, and it did so for nearly a century until Felix Mendelssohn resurrected it. After the criticism of his music and after his cantatas and masses had been forgotten, I'm certain Bach himself would be shocked that his music is still influencing worship some 270 years after his death. If anyone had told him, and I doubt that he could have believed that his music would be among the most widely performed and recorded centuries after it was written. But then again, Bach might be embarrassed by all the attention his life and his music have been given. For you see, Bach did not view his music as his own. He did not compose to impress himself or to even impress others. Bach composed music solely for the glory of God. Bach didn't care if others thought his music was too ornate. Bach only cared about giving glory to God. So I bet you're wondering how I know this. Well, on most of his original manuscripts, there are two sets of initials. Did you know that? At the top, there is JJ, and at the bottom, there is SDG. Now, both of these are Latin abbreviations that really set forth for us Bach's deep and abiding faith. The JJ that he would write at the beginning of his manuscript, I mean, 
Can you just imagine? He sits down at a blank piece of paper, and the first thing Bach writes is JJ. Again, it's Latin, and it's short for Yesu Yuva, which means Jesus help me. I think I got to start writing that at the top of all my manuscripts when I preach. Because I know some of you are praying that while I'm preaching. (laughs) Jesus, help me. Help me do your good and perfect will. Help me write what would glorify you. And then at the bottom, when he would be complete with his music, he would write the word S-D-G. And what did that stand for? Soli Deo Gloria, which means God alone be praised, or to God be the glory. Bach didn't compose his cantatas and his masses and his orchestrations or any of his music for his own vanity, for his own glory. Everything Bach did in his life was SDG, for the glory of God alone. SDG is probably one of the reasons Bach's music fell into obscurity because he did not mass produce it or even publicize it. Again, he wrote it solely for the church. He wrote it solely to God for glorification. And perhaps, just maybe SDG for the glory of God alone is precisely why Bach's music has withstood the test of time. Because it wasn't written for kings or priests or bishops or even the people in the pews. It was written based on scripture and it was written to glorify God and God alone. Now our scripture lesson today encourages us to live an SDG life a life that gives glory to God alone. You know, Solomon could have asked God for anything. He could have asked God for riches or health or fame. He didn't ask God for a legacy or a larger family or the latest model chariot to show off in. Now, what did he ask for? He asked for wisdom. He asked for a discerning heart so that he could govern God's people in a way that gave glory to God alone. And my friends, that is SDG living. That is true living. I mean, how many of us would have been so selfless in our requests of God? If God had met you on your way to church this morning and said to you, hey, ask. Ask and I'll give it to you. Would your initial response have been for God to give you a discerning heart, to give you wisdom, to give you insight? All right, I'm asking in all honesty because I have to answer this question, right? I can't just ask it of you. I've got to answer it for myself. What would I have done? Had on the way to church today, God said, okay, Pastor Jason, what do you want? Well, I'm here to tell you, I probably would not have been selfless. I probably would have said something. Well, you know, 
I'd like a really large attendance today, Lord. And after that, you know what, let's follow it up by a huge offering. An offering so big, we gotta pass the plates twice. I'm not so sure I would have been thinking long term like Solomon did. I'm here to tell you, I don't think I would have said, you know what, I need SDG. I would have been seeking my glory and my fulfillment. I don't know that I would have been asking the question, how could I bring glory to God and to God's name? Thankfully, Solomon was in SDG mode. His prayer was for all that he did in his role as king to bring glory to God, the king of Israel. And for the most part, it did. Throughout Solomon's reign, the kingdom was united and Solomon celebrated many successes and celebrated great notoriety. Of course, as with all of us, Solomon was a human being and there were times in his life when he did not use his wisdom wisely. And like all of us, there were times in his life when he was living for his own glory and not for the glory of God. But at least at this very moment, Solomon was seeking to live a life that glorified God. At this moment in his life, Solomon was signing his work just like Bach did, S-D-G. Imagine what the world would be like if we Christians sought SDG solely for the glory of God. How different would your life be? How different would the world be? How different would the church be? No longer living for yourself, no longer living for your glory, but living solely for the glory of God. There was a Christian author who wrote a a chapter in one of his books, and in that book, he actually talked about something that we learned in our elementary science class, and it was about the moon, right? And one of the things that we're taught in elementary science is that the moon does not generate light of its own. What does it do? It reflects the light of the sun. My friends, we're also, you can think of this as SDG, or you can think of this as moon living. Because we are supposed to reflect the light of the sun, the S-O-N, sun. Soli Deo Gloria, moon living, wisdom living, My friends, this is true living. And to all of our confirmants here today, I want you to hear this. You have a high and noble call on your life, and it is this SDG living. And you have brothers and sisters in the body of Christ that are called to the same life. And if we are honest, we will all tell you it is difficult. But in the love of Jesus, it can be done. And so let's keep your calling high. 
Let's keep you searching to please and glorify God in everything that you do. Because in so doing, you're living a wise life. You're living the life that you were called to live. And this is where you're going to find true life. And how ironic is it that this is where life is going to be found? It's not found in you gratifying your base desires. It is found in you giving of yourself in such a way that you ask for God's will to be done. And that is what I'm going to ask you today. I'm going to ask you that very pointed question. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? I've already asked each one of you this question, and we're going to do it publicly. And the understanding is, yes, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is the ruler of my life. And Jesus is my Savior. The one who saves me from my sins, the one who saves me from myself, the one who saves me to be in relationship forever with God, the one who saves me for the opportunity to work into that grace and to live an SDG life, to live a moon life, reflecting the glory and the grace and the love of the true son. My friends, that is our call. We have to move from being self-centered to being Christ-centered. And when we do it, I promise you our words will change. No longer will we say things, I think, I want, I desire, I wish. Instead, we're going to say things like, what does God desire? What does God want? The most telling and difficult question to reflect on is this. In an effort to live solely for the glory of God, if everything you had completely disappeared, family, friends, home, job, wealth, I mean everything, if it disappeared in the blink of an eye, could you find peace and comfort in God and God alone? Soli Deo Gloria, moon living, wisdom living, true living. My friends, if we will really do this, I promise you, it will change your life forever. It will change you forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.